0: Welcome to Bear Football here on the Bar Room Network. John Buffon alongside Aldo Gondia and Danny Shimon pinch-hitting for Tyler Ellis today. Gentlemen, the Bears get their first win of the season, a big 20-17 victory over the Cincinnati Bengals. A lot to unpack on this one. Justin Fields could be the starter here moving forward, depending on the injury of Andy Dalton, and if if Negi thinks this is the right time for Justin Fields to go on as the starter. The defense coming up big with three consecutive picks off of Joe Burrow. And yet, even though they were plus three in the turnover column, it was still a three-point game. But let's go off of immediate reactions off the game. We'll go around the horn. Aldo, you go ahead.
1: Well, I, I hope that people are not down on the rookie quarterback and start with, oh, the Bears drafted another loser and so forth. You've got to remember that all of the first team snaps went to Andy Dalton and have for quite some time. So it's not like Justin Fields had the full week of preparation. And he made a a number of mistakes. He made some uh, penalties, a couple of penalties on false starts. Uh, He threw a a terrible interception. And so he didn't look as good as we wanted. And he had a a touchdown pass uh, that it went through A-Rob's hands and so forth. But the bottom line is this. This guy is unquestionably talented. Whatever you, whatever flaws you saw today are going to be corrected. And if indeed the bears coaching staff thinks that Justin Fields should be starting this week, next week, they should make a decision as quickly as possible. That way he's got all week to prepare mentally and physically with that playbook.
2: What'd you see, Danny? I agree hundred percent. Although I mean, remember guys, this guy's been taking scout team reps, not even first or second team reps. He's taking scout team reps. Basically what that means is he's been, he's been the opposing quarterback. For the defense for the Bears defense at practice so he hasn't worked with these guys at all I mean he came in there and and he threw all you're right that touch that throw to a A-Rop perfect uh touch on the ball drops in the, I call it a bucket throw right into a A-Rop's hands that should have been a touchdown right there there was another couple of throws to uh to Mooney where I think Mooney could have made the the, the reception as well just a little bit a little bit higher than, than than he probably would have liked feels that is but um again comes off cold off the bench does, you know does a, I think a, an okay job yeah there and I think those those false starts, I think some of them were on Mustafer because I think he was expecting a, a snap and he was rocking back for the for the ball, but Mustafer wasn't giving it to him. Now again, uh Dalton and Fields both have different kind of cadences. So that's something that the offensive line's gonna have to get used to. So I think I you know I kind of throw those uh to the side there. Just the offensive line working with Fields, those should be cleaned up. But that last drive, if it wasn't for Fields' ability to, to escape pressure and get a first down with his legs. That ball is going back to Cincinnati. Obviously, the, that the Bengals have the momentum now. And this could have been a different game. This could have been a loss for the Bears. So we don't know. But he's able to get away from pressure, use his legs, get that first down, continue that drive going. And then that that last first down from uh from David Montgomery, the man, that man runs like a man possessed. And I, I love Montgomery. When he had 20 carries today for only 61 yards, but there are tough, well earned yards. And um, I think, I think Montgomery is developing into a hell of a running back for the Bears here, a bell cow type of running back. The defense, I love what they're doing today. They're playing the, – the adjustments they made today were kind of subtle. Obviously, Shelley was in there at a nickel corner, got lost in coverage a lot for me, for my liking, but they're playing more of a shell coverage in the defensive backfield, and they're playing stunts and loops up front with the defensive line. There are blitzing Roquan Smith who, when we've seen in the past, guys, when Roquan blitzes, he is he is unstoppable in terms of coming down and creating turnover sacks, whatnot. Blackson got in there today. Uh, for me, he was he was physical up front. He's a better option. Uh, you know, if, if you're gonna you know pull out Eddie Goldman, he's a better option than than the, the rookie Tonga for me. Physical up front was was a presence there, and obviously then comes up with that picked inter- um, the tip ball interception at the end as well. So overall, not a clean game defensively. I like what they're doing. Offensively, now if Fields is a starter, now you have a little bit of a base here to work off of.
0: Yeah, and I think out of all the scenarios, we thought that Justin Fields would be installed as the starter. This was probably the worst case scenario for Matt Nagy because it, whether it was going to be from Week One where he gets the week uh, the the first team reps, or Week Four, or wherever, you wanted to be able to control that. You wanted to be able to pick and choose when you wanted to put Justin Fields in. Now with the Andy Dalton injury, you kind of had to put him in there. So you had to put him in there without any reps, not without preparing for this ball game. So, uh, given the circumstances, you see the athletic out of Justin Field you see uh, the dynamicism that he brings to the offense so we'll see how first of all how serious Andy Dalton's injury is two if Matt Nagy's gonna say no Andy's still our starter he's gonna be our starter against Cleveland or if they're gonna say you know what we had to throw him in he didn't drown so let's just let's just you know make this guy our future right now so Aldo moving forward They got the Browns next week. And and so what are some of the things this team definitely needs to clean up? Because I have a few in mind, but I want to hear you talk about it first because I don't think you can be plus three in the turnover category and still only win by three points.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, like I said in the halftime show, you've got to clear up the mistakes. You know, That second series of the game, there was the, the three penalties on the Bears' offense. That's just unacceptable. That cost the Chicago Bears points at the minimum three points and the way they were executing when they weren't being penalized. It looked like they were going to just storm downfield and add another touchdown. So that's first and foremost with the offense is cleaning up these penalties and these boneheaded plays. There were some even on the defense. With uh, Robert Quinn hitting Joe Burrow when he's completely out of bounds, I mean these are the boneheaded plays that can cost you games. And you know, we're we're really fortunate to come away with a victory when you when you commit all of these mistakes. So that's first and foremost. And I hope Coach Matt Nagy really takes them to task. They're probably celebrating right now in club dub, and I don't begrudge them for that. They should celebrate victories. That that to me is cool. That's their room. We, we should stay out of it. We were told by a Chicago Bear player on, on one of our shows, hey, that's our thing, so you guys shouldn't have even been talking about it. And that's cool. Stop sending video out, and, and that'll help us stop talking about it. But uh, go ahead and celebrate. But on Monday morning, when the tape is being looked at by all the Chicago Bears players, Matt Nagy and the entire coaching staff has to be really strenuous with these guys about these boneheaded plays because you're not – going to uh, have more victories than, than losses if you continue that kind of behavior.
0: And Danny, saw kind of moving on from just the mental errors, there were some things with the receiving core, like you, you'd mentioned some balls that hit off of Mooney's fingertips. You talk about A-Rob. That should have been Justin Fields' touchdown, first touchdown, boom, dropped it right in the breadbasket. I said at the halftime show that if they wanted to, if what if Justin Fields was going to be the starter moving forward, they had to really get their offensive playmakers involved a little bit more because even though Andy Dalton was efficient, we weren't seeing a lot of targets going uh, Allen Robinson's way. And so whenever they targeted Allen Robinson on the big play, hit him right in the chest and a couple of, uh, a couple of balls off of Darnell Mooney's hands. Uh, what does the uh, Do you think that the receiving core has to step up to help? If Justin Fields is going to be the guy moving forward, the receiving core is going to help him out a little bit.
2: Exactly. I mean, the Titans as well, That the big, uh, uh, offensive pass interference on on Cole Komet. Uh It's got to be cleaned up as well. Uh, the offensive line, to me, John, I, I got to go back to that because the interior, Sam Sam Mustafer, particularly, and, and James Daniels early in, in the game were were being ragdolled by uh, uh, number sixty-five, they had the the defensive tackle for the for the Bengals. I mean, they're they're not winning up front with any sort of physicality whatsoever. They're actually getting blown off the football. So, gotta start up front for me with with that offensive line. Gotta continue cleaning it up. Tackles had an okay game. Fetty was called for for a false start earlier in the game, but. I think Peters was okay for the rest of the for the most of the game, uh, but yeah, in terms of the receivers, you know, A-Rob, you know, pretty sure-handed. That was just I, I would just uh, call it just a and maybe the corner got in his way, kind of kind of you know uh, got in his in his vision there and he lost track of the football, you know, momentarily, and that ball went right through him through his hands. But that typically is a touchdown to A-Rob, you know, nine out of ten times. Uh, Mooney also is, is a pretty sure-handed again. That that's going to be just coming with reps. We're working with Fields. If Fields is a starter. I think once they have reps with this kid in practice, I think that's gonna all be squared away. Uh, but yeah, again, just gotta make plays for this guy downfield. Gotta protect up front for him. We just saw it today. If you give him some time, uh, and the one thing with Fields, I must say, and I, I tweeted this earlier, his progression in the pocket was much slower than what I'd seen in previous games. Now it's probably because, like I said, he was running scout team, so he was not really, you know, he hasn't been running much, much, much of these plays at all, if you will, during the during the, the week of practice. So. We'll see how we, if he is a starter. If he gets a full rep of a uh, full week of full reps as a starter, we'll see how he comes out next week. And I, I do expect him to be better. Uh, but again, that defensive front for the Browns is is pretty good. And if if the if the uh, offensive line is not going to be able to you know hold up, uh, man up, and uh, and and at least hold their ground, it, it might be a little bit more difficult for them to go ahead and move the ball. I, agree I wanted to, to. I just
1: quickly I do agree with Brummy Bear though that the offensive line did a. And most plays, I mean, they were. They didn't have a flawless game, but they right. did do a good job with pass protection today. The running game, uh, the run blocking wasn't always pretty. You know, if you look at the yards per average, 3.1 for David, 3.1 for Justin, 3.0 for Damien's two carries. Uh, Andy Dalton, what <laughs> led the yes. team and rushing average? How about that irony? Uh, but uh, so the run blocking could have been a little bit better, but. Overall, I thought pass protection allowed uh, the quarterbacks to make plays, and uh, there just should have been more plays. Uh, But unfortunately, some of the offensive line were responsible for some of the dumb penalties. Like I said, in the first half, you had uh, a feedie with a false start, you and you had James Daniels with a holding that made it first and twenty when you were getting into the other side of uh, the football field and to the Bengals side of the football field. So all very disruptive and it led to no points on a eleven play drive. So those are the things that they've got to clean up uh, that offensive line. But I hear what Danny is saying that the the middle of that offensive line, which is con- was considered a strength coming into this season, isn't playing up to uh the the potential and promise that they they have made in the past
0: for sure for sure and uh i want to i want to switch gears over to the bears defense because i think that's a big storyline of this game uh we talked about and i was dead wrong on this because i said i said this week if robert woods cooper cup and van jefferson were able to just run wild over this secondary in week one what were t higgins tyler boyd and jamar chase going to do well they held it down pretty well with some outliers there obviously but Joe Burrow passed for 200 yards 207 yards and three interceptions with those two touchdowns so being able to really control and not let that uh, not let those big chunk games really or big chunk yards really take it out of them like they did last week so they had a little bit more of a pass rush the the secondary obviously stepped up their play. Duke Shelley might be uh, he, he's going to need a little help moving forward. But as far as Kendall Vildor, Jalen Johnson balled out. Eddie Jackson finally hit the switch. He played like the Eddie Jackson. Maybe he listened a little bit. Maybe maybe he's tired of telling us to stop booing and maybe he's doing something to help us cheer. So he obviously did that. He did that this game. So uh, defense, I thought, really stepped up. Three passes, three interceptions. Uh, Make sure makes you reminisce about the 2018 Bears a little bit. Uh, But I, I thought that they played a, a lot better, and I, and I wasn't sure that they were capable of playing that much better than they did uh last week. Uh So, Aldo, what are you? What are your your key takeaways from the defense this week?
1: Well, I love the way they controlled the line of scrimmage. I mean, they were they were overpowering the the offensive line, and and that's a big take. And we saw Khalil mm-hmm. Mack with his first. uh uh, sack of the season, and in, th- in fact, I think I got that video uh almost uh queued up here. <laughs> so, here it is. This is uh Khalil Mack's first sack of the season. Go ahead, Danny, take it away. You, you do the film analysis. Yeah, first of all,
2: this is this is what I love to hear up front. Subtle changes up front, right? I and mean, a lot a lot more tight end, uh, um, I mean, and tackle stunts here. We saw here, uh, Akeem Hicks go upfield, we saw Khalil Mack come up, loop around, and, and get that sack early in the game. Robert Quinn got the similar. Similar kind of sack with Ephraim. At that time, it was Quint and Mack on the same side, and they, and they were running those stunts and loops up front. So I like that as well. We see later on with Roquan Smith blitzing on a delayed blitz coming off the edge as well. So the more, more stunts, more, more games up front by the defensive corner, Sean Desai, uh, some more, a little more blitzing than I saw last week. And also, like I talked about in, in terms of the defensive coverage, slight adjustment. They took out Christian, put in uh, DeAndre Houston Carson. You guys know I'm a big fan of DHC. This guy, whenever he's in there, he's making plays. He didn't really, you know, dominate the stat sheet today in today's game, but he's always there around the football. I like that adjustment there as well. And they were playing more of a shell coverage, guys. They're they're dropping back, they were daring the Bengals to go ahead and beat him over the top. And you saw from for the most part, they they contain those talented receivers of, of the Bengals. There, towards the end, we saw them get some, you know, Chase got a touchdown. We saw Higgins get a touchdown as well. But uh, I think for the most part, they, they did a good job defensively, just not limiting, you know, limiting some of the big plays, keeping everything in front of them, and then running those, those games up front, creating some of that havoc, some of that pressure. Three interceptions, you touched on it, John, earlier. Four sacks, nine quarterback hits. Uh, back-to-back weeks now, I've seen Robert Quinn make, it, make a presence pop on tape for me. Again, that's initial blush. You know, I haven't seen that, I rewatched the game again. But I think Quinn is coming on. I think if you continue these type of, Loops and stunts and all that stuff, and just getting more creative in terms of moving Mac around, allowing the offense to kind of look and see where he's lined up, you know, not knowing exactly where he's coming off of, and being able to prepare for him. We saw last week on our Bear Truth uh, episode we, that Alden and I did, where you know the, the the Rams were not only bringing a tight end at him, but they also bring in uh, a lineman ready for him to to at once a tight end chips him, running back was in in the vicinity, or receiver coming in motion was also in the vicinity ready to chip on Mac. So. He's still drawing the attention. You move him around. You continue playing some of these stunts and these these games up front. I think that's going to continue, uh, you know, generate pressure up front and then also then create some turnovers.
1: Quick point: uh, Jeremiah Otoshu was in on a lot of defensive snaps. I haven't seen the amount yet, but it looked like a lot of times he was in there with both Quinn and Mac, and he was scheduled to uh, sort of be. Everybody, everyone sort of figured that he was going to be a backup to those guys, but having those three pass rushers on the football field at the same time, I think was also part of a, a, of a good game plan by Sean Desai.
0: Yeah, and Danny, I wanted to get your opinion on the linebackers in this game because Joe Mixon mm-hmm. – Really not a factor in this game. Twenty carries, sixty-nine yards. You, you didn't really see him take over a game uh, that that, was, that shows that he he shows that he's capable of doing. Uh, what did you see from the linebackers today? Moving fast side to side, plugging a, a gaps, or or was it a lot of the uh, the defensive line eating up the blocks as well?
2: Well, it was defensive line up front for me. Like I said, Blackson earlier was was taking on some you know some some blockers there up front, he was being a physical presence. I, I love that about him up there. Now you get Golden back in here again. That's going to be even more uh, you know uh, uh, fortuitous for for the linebackers. But Roquan Smith, we saw that pick six. Did a great job of kind of just baiting Joe Burrow into that throw. He drifted slightly. He knew where Burrow was going with that football. Baited him. Drifted over. Jumped that pro, uh, that pass. Picked it off. Pick six. Eight tackles. Uh, he's listed in the stat sheet now with with five solo tackles. Uh, Roquan Smith was all over the place. Obviously, uh, Ogletree I think was also physical presence and run defense. Went up there and 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 um, you know created that turnover when he tipped that ball uh, from Burrow and then ended up in Blackson's hands for the for the interception. So, I think overall the defense had a solid game. Duke Shelley for me was was a guy that really I, I got a bad grade for me in terms of the you know overall game. He he got lost in coverage a lot. Uh, there, there were a couple times where you know some some uh, pick plays, you know, got him really you know thrown off his game there, and they, the you know the receiver guard was wide open down the field. So overall, I think up front they did a nice job, and I hope they continue to build on that, you know, going to uh, future weeks.
0: Aldo, what do they do about that that cornerback position? Because we saw them try Christian the first week, then they put in Duke Shelley this week. Did they need to go external on this? Do they need to go kick the tires on someone to say, hey, this ain't working internally? Let's see, let's see if we can bring somebody in that can plug this gap.
1: Yeah, I mean, they bring in guys every week for tryouts. They see who's out there in the street, and they it, it's, it's a revolving door of people coming in on Mondays or Tuesdays uh, to get tryouts with the Bears. So I, I know they're going to continue to look at who's out there on the cornerback level. They're going to look at the waiver wire. They're going to look at people's practice squads and so forth. But first and foremost, what they're going to do is try to coach these guys up. You know, the investment is there. They went through the entire training camp, learning the defense there. There's either draft investment or salary investment or whatever it is. And so it's the job of this coaching staff to get these guys uh, going in in a much better uh, uh, manner. But they they had, they did show kind of a lack of confidence in Duke Shelley when he did not, he was, he was not active last week against the Rams. And, um, and, and instead they started somebody that they put on waivers after Christian spent the entire training cap with them. We've already made fun of that enough, but I still laugh at it. Um, so I do think that, you know, th- there might be an answer on the outside, but hopefully the answer is inside with the improvement of those two particular players, Christian and uh, Shelly.
0: What's your take on that, Danny? you think they're going to stick with this combo they got, or think you think eventually we're going to see a new name back there?
2: Well, I, I you know I like Christian when he put his short in the preseason, but I like him more as a safety, as a, as a guy that can come down maybe cover bigger tight ends, bigger or receivers in a slot. Not not a normal, you know, every time, you know, every down nickel back for me. I like Shelly more as a nickel back, but he's got to improve his, his more his coverage skills, his instincts. His ability to to know his surroundings, his awareness and coverage. I think he gets lost a lot. You know, there's there's a kid, Xavier Crawford, that that doesn't. Uh, he didn't play much today in terms of the defense. He's a guy that came out of Western Michigan, uh, who was a physical, tough guy. I was saw maybe you know, he's a guy that could probably potentially step in there and get some snaps there as well. So, but if you're gonna go outside the outside the organization, you know, you're probably looking at and making a trade for for someone's you know third or fourth cornerback off their off their uh, roster or, or picking up some guy off the. You know, Jimmy Moreland was cut by the Redskins, and I don't know if he's still out there. He's still available. Uh, he's a guy that I like coming out of college as well, a, a little quicker, twitchier guy. His issue has been, you know, he's a slight of build, so he might get injured a lot. So we'll see how he is in terms of physical stature. But, uh, you know, it, it's, it's going to have to get better because right now, you know, we saw at the tw- end of the game when, when the Bengals were making their comeback, Duke Shelley had a target on him. And whenever whoever he was covering, that's where Joe Burrow, Burrow was going. So, uh, and that's something that they're going to have to show up here a little bit better than last week. That's for sure. I like, I like Shelly there better than, than Christian as, as a, as a slot core, not that he was, you know um, tremendously more effective than Christian, but I'd say he's, he's, a, he's more better equipped, at least physically quicker twitcher. Uh, you know, got that some of those quick twitch fibers to be able to stay at least in phase with, with these corner, with these receivers. But again, his awareness and his ability to kind of fight off those pick routes and stay, you know, in phase with the receiver downfield is going to have to improve.
0: I, I want to talk about the tight end position real quick because you, you you'd hope that they were going to get one of these two guys involved. You're you're hoping to see Cole Komet take that next step this year. You're hoping to see him become the guy you drafted. He was your highest draft pick a year ago, uh, and then you you feel so strongly about Jimmy Graham, despite the fact you could save a bunch of money by cutting him, but you feel so strongly about having him on the team that you bring him back. Yet, out of the tight ends, Cole Komet has what one what catch? Is- so uh I, I, I we have, do we have Matt, uh, Matt Nagy queued up? Not, or, or, not yet, not go, yet.
1: On, go ahead. But sorry.
0: I do, I do want to, Aldo, I'm going to throw it to you first. I think one catch out of the tight ends. Now, Cole Komet had one called back on an OPI, but really not involving the tight ends at all. Is that on the players or is that on scheme?
1: I think it was a scheme thing. I think, you know, and, and uh, I didn't really have uh, an opportunity to study the Bengals tape. And um, John Sheeran, the, get, the guest you had on Buffon Fifty Five, really didn't talk about the Bengals' effectiveness against tight ends uh, in the middle of the field. But I, I think it was just sort of the flow of the game kind of got away. You want to get so many players involved, and the one play, unfortunately, where you get Cole Komet involved, and it's a it's a big play. He's called for an offensive pass interference, and I thought that was just a a, a not a good call. I, I didn't see anything there. Uh, now, the replay, there weren't many good replays on it. There was just one replay from a distance, but I didn't see anything uh, uh, substantial there to to call that back. But you're absolutely right. The tight ends have got to become a little bit more involved somehow. And a- Allen Robinson has to become involved uh, more. He had, I think, five targets uh, or four targets, you know, just two reception, um, receptions, I believe now. <laughs> Oops, let me uh, lower the volume on that. This one was the touchdown pass. Uh, early in the game from Dalton to, to A-Rob, and that's just a beautiful bullet and a beautiful route run by A-Rob, but we've got to make sure – this guy's your one of your key offensive weapons, and when you're looking at the passing attack, he's a guy that should be seeing at least 10 targets a game to only get uh, – let me uh, confirm how many targets it was that he got. He got a total of four targets, caught two of them uh, for 24 yards and a touchdown. Now again, we mentioned the dropped pass, but that was another play that easily there could have been a pass interference called on on the cornerback guarding A. Rob. I think that's what disrupted his confidence from making the catch. Now it's still on A. Rob. It's still A. Rob's fault. You know, you you catch two hundred balls a day at practice, and and part of going through that routine is to catch. Uh, footballs when you when you're being disrupted and people are yelling at you and, and giving you a little shove and so forth so he still should have caught that but that should have been a pass interference on cincinnati and the ball placed at the one yard line but uh, yeah there are, there are offensive weapons on this team that have not been fully utilized yet
0: yeah, Danny, do you agree that they should probably get the tight ends, especially if Justin Fields is a quarterback moving forward? Sometimes those tight ends can be a really nice safety blanket, kind of just sit, getting comfortable in the middle of a zone sometimes. Uh, would you like to see Cole Komet a little bit more involved in this offense?
2: Yeah, I would love to see Kmet do anything other than just be a blocker in this offense. Uh, you know, and Jimmy Graham, you know, we're... Two weeks in a row now, we get into the red zone, and Jimmy Grimes doesn't even get a target. You know, what's the reason why he's on this roster earning nine million a year? Because he was a red zone threat, but yet you don't throw to him. He's not a he's not a you know first option on offense here. And when you get into the red zone, Jesse James, guys, is another guy that I think really brings another added value in terms of a pass catcher, a guy that can get downfield and make some plays. And we saw him and Fields have that connection going in preseason so it feels as a starter going forward i like to see jesse james get a more involved here as well but uh, again i don't want to harp on the play calling of matt nagy but i i continue to say like th- there is just no rhythm to this to this offensive play calling it's always up and down up and down you know the first what first half i think uh correct me if i'm wrong although i think uh, montgomery only had about a handful of carries about you know under 10 carries for the first half Whenever that guy was running, he was he was successful. He wasn't getting dropped back in the line of scrimmage behind or behind the line of scrimmage today. He was, he was getting some yards. And we keep talking about it. You know, even if you're not pounding the the rock for a five or six-yard clip every time, you gotta at least continue with the threat of, of you know running the football so defenses can go ahead and respect you, and you can be a, a somewhat well-balanced offense. So the Titans gotta get more involved. You know, I, I know Mooney caught more passes today, and I know they went downfield a little bit more today than they went against the Rams, which which I did like to see. But you got to continue to do that. Now I did like the first play of of the game was was uh, they max protected and and they went you know went downfield. But unfortunately, you know there was nothing open and Dalton went ahead and got kind of threw the football away. But you know you got to do more of that. You know, but but if you build a running attack and you and you sustain it, and now your play action gets even better. Now your read options get even more 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 dangerous. Now that's where you suck up that second level of defense you give the uh, you, your you know tight ends your receivers running those crossing routes a nice big you know patchy you know green grass area to run behind that second level now you got fields or, or dalton throwing the ball in there and getting some some big chunk yards there so you know gotta continue run that football and be a little bit more offense i want to see more rhythm to this offense and something i don't know what you guys agree or not but i don't like pulling pulling dalton when he's having a somewhat good first half and dropping in fields for a player to here. if you're going to put in fields put him in for a series start the series with him and have him end that series good or bad or indifferent i mean, you know, pulling dalton in the middle of a series where he's you know someone has has a team in a rhythm offensively at least and then now you pull him out and put in fields i don't like that i'm curious what you guys think about that option
0: I I never liked the idea of having special packages for quarterbacks and and switching them out and kind of like we've seen this before. I think they did it in Philadelphia a few times uh, with uh, with the the number of quarterbacks they had. But I, I just don't like that if your quarterback's in a rhythm and like we saw, they have different cadences uh you, that can that can play that can play games with your offensive line that can that can throw off a bunch of timing for uh, for maybe receivers or tight ends and so I've never been a huge fan of it now I like to see Justin Fields on the field so I'll you know I'll just grin it and I'll I'll and bear grin and bear it but uh I I don't necessarily like whenever Andy Dalton's moving the ball and say all right let's just arbitrarily throw out Justin Fields to do some of some of these plays because once again I don't think any of those plays were just the, like, oh, only Justin Fields could run this play. That, that's not right. true. Andy, Andy Dalton could have ran any of those plays that Justin Fields was in for. Now, is he a running decoy on some of those? Absolutely. And maybe that's why he, he should have been the starter from the get go. But that's neither here nor there. I'm not taking anything away from Andy Dalton. He played well enough. Uh, so I, 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 I'm I just not a am not a big fan of it. Aldo, are, do, you have, do you feel any differently about
1: that? I think you know when Andy Dalton is in a groove. Yeah, I don't think you should take him out. But if if he's just doing okay, then I don't have a problem with Fields coming in for a play. Preferably more than a play, uh, but uh, I don't have a problem if, if Dalton is playing like he did against the LA Rams. I don't, I, I don't Good. have a problem. Justin Fields coming in and, and giving a little boost with either, you know, a designed play that gets him right, either so, running. Oh, um, here comes our Matt Nagy.
3: We're, we're excited to <laughs> think that he he cut You cut you off. Yes, the he side. did. The defensive Good. guys that come out here and get four straight turnovers. We talked about the turnover battle, the takeaway battle. battle. Winning, winning that uh, four to one, getting, getting after right. uh, Joe Burrow, great quarterback, uh, affecting them up front, front. And, um, and, and taking advantage, you know, of these opportunities. You, you got it when, when you win the turnover battle. battle um, you usually have a great, great shot to win. So, so you know, know Eddie, Eddie had the forced fumble. Thirty eight picked, picked it up. Gibson, Gibson um, you with the pick six. Jalen, Jalen with his interception all consecutively. Right. And ending it with with Ogletree, creating some pressure to get the ball and then Blackson with the pick. Um I thought, I thought that one of the things, things that we challenged our guys, guys this week was, was to be able, able to uh, to swarm, run around and fly around, around and swarm. And, and I, I felt I, I felt that down there. And that, that was awesome. awesome. You, you know, know the sideline was, was going crazy, crazy and it, it was, was it felt good. Um, that's that's the, part the part that we, we liked, liked. Being, being, able being able to not take advantage of, of that as an offense in the in the red zone. states the obvious. So, big picture. When, when you look, look back, and I'll be, I'll be, I'll be ready, ready to, look to look at the tape and see the why part behind it, but I just felt like there was, was a few four or five big big, big plays where, where we missed some chunks, whatever it is, you know, whether, whether it was a penalty or whether, was or whether it was something else. Offensively, four or five plays that, man, if we, we could just have those, and that's if, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. And that's where when you have a defense, defense that's doing what they did today, um, you know, we, we have to be able to get more. And that's where I think uh, we're going to really hit that hard this week and, and see the why part. But that's the two things that jumped out to me. Yeah, so Andy's deal was he was running on the sideline. I didn't even see it, but I guess he was untouched when he went out of bounds. And uh, and so he hurt himself a little bit there. And then he came out the next series, and I noticed on some of the – he took a sack. And I saw he was kind of limping a little bit. So, um, you know, we, we got it looked at. And, and then he went in at halftime. And then coming back out, he would have been our, our – he was our backup. so he, But he would have been able to uh, go in in an emergency. Uh, and then – but as the quarters <laughs> went on, it was getting a little bit sore. So, uh, we'll see. We'll know more here in the next 24, 48 hours as to where he's at. And everything, but um, he's tough, man. He, he's for, for him to still go out there. And I thought the first drive, man, it was so great to be able to go out there and get that first drive right down the field and score the touchdown. And then we were kind of moving the ball, and then uh, and then that happened. And and so there's there's the example of making sure that uh, you're always one play away, right, for everybody, every position. So then Justin came in, and, um, and I thought he did a. It was at the end of the. Uh, second quarter, he he did a good job with just trying to get in and out of the huddle, get the play calls in. And then um, uh, there's things that we'll all learn from, from this second half, the third and fourth quarter. Uh, And, but at the end, all that said, you kind of feel the momentum shifting and they get to touchdown, the long touchdown pass. And then we go three and out and then then there's a pick and all this stuff's going, well, you have the pick and then the touchdown and now all of a sudden it's third down and Justin makes a great play with his legs. And that's things that he can do, you know, he can extend plays. And I thought it was a great effort by him to get the first and then for us to get the first down with David in four minute with the offensive line when we needed to, uh, those were the bright spots, you know, so we got a lot of room to grow. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure. Like again, they're looking at that tomorrow or in the next couple of days, but uh, I don't think I'm pretty sure that that, that we can rule that out. But I, I hate to, don't. I mean, I I didn't look at anything yet, so don't don't state me yet. But I'm pretty sure that's ruled out. Yeah.
4: yeah.
3: No, no, we harp on it, and so we had we had the two big ones, right? To to get both of them were to get off the field. One was a, a taunting. Uh, with with clapping, and then the other one was the the one out of bounds uh, where where we hit uh, burrow. So those are those affect you, right? And today to be able to come out with a win, but we we talk about them with, with these guys, and I think like you fight so hard, and they played their tails off today. They they played so hard to defense, and and then just that you look back at those two drives, they extended it a little bit. So you hate to have that, but we're always talking about it. Our guys know it, they understand it. You just got to do it. So. Yes and no, um, be smart, but but play football. And and like the last play there when he got that first down, he was physical and a couple couple runs there that we had in the red zone where uh, he had that run to the left. Uh, so just be smart. I mean, that's part of his game. He's able to do that and use his legs. Uh, but at the same point in time, uh, you know, depending on however Andy was, and then we always have an emergency quarterback
4: too. Yeah.
3: No, um, I, that's when we get with Sam and, and with him, we'll find out There's Sometimes there's communication issues, whether it's uh, on a certain cadence, somebody thinks it's on one cadence and somebody thinks it's on another. Sometimes you just forget there's, there's different things that go into it. But again, that that's all kind of a part of the process. And to have that happen in in the red zone, there tight like that. It kicked us back five, five more yards and made it third and, um, 10 or 11. Um, so we'll, we'll get, we'll get that fixed and what's that? Not, not yet. No, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, we'll get to that and see. There's, there's always communicate, like somebody did something, whether it was, Hey, it it was on this. I thought it was on this. You heard that, you know, there's, uh, but we'll get that fixed. Mm
4: -hmm.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We have, we have some things on, on the sheet that we like and that, uh, whether it's type of play calls, um, based off of formations, motion shifts, personnels and stuff like that to, when you when you get out there in this situation and you're you're the backup quarterback and you don't have all those practice reps and you get thrown in the mix, the last thing you wanna do that to that guy is make him start thinking about how to call formation, motion shift. You want him to be able to play fast. So we had to adjust a little bit because of the situation of coming in like he did. And that's just all part of it. That's it. That's I'll, I'll come back. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Right. Again, like I said, with Justin is he's probably further along than we thought at this point right now. So um, if that's the case, then we feel good about it. And Justin has uh, he's worked really, really hard to get to this point, even today, like in that moment as a rookie coming on in in that situation, super calm, super cool. Um, and and uh, even after the interception, when that when that dropper, he dropped in, in, in the zero look made to play, he was very cool coming out there and uh, knowing to try to make a play. But he's done that his whole career. Like, that doesn't fluster him. So that's a strength that he has. So we'll see where everything goes and where where it's at. But for sure, if Justin, um, he's done what we've asked him to do and we feel good with him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, staying aggressive—that's kind of our mindset. Like, if you run the ball, you don't get it. Then, then you make them use a the timeout, but you're not even giving yourself a chance to get the first down. So we're we're going to stay aggressive with our mentality of how we do that. We want to be smart with the play call and what it is, right? And every every play call, uh, we'll 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 we talk through throughout the week, and we know what we're going to and what we're not. But um, we're going to try to stay more on the aggressive side in that situation. Sorry. Yeah, the, those guys, I'm so proud of them. Uh they took it personal. They were a little bit pissed off of how it went last week. They weren't they weren't happy about it. And when you're when you're a good football player and you get pissed off, you normally come back and you play pretty well and and that's what they did. So um now the challenge now is gonna be to take that into the next week, right? And and then become that dominant defense, which they know they can be. And and then we got to do the same thing with the offense and then the special teams and have a complimentary, but uh when these coaching the coaches on defense um, worked with these guys, they talked to them, they stayed positive with them. Uh, they challenged them. They challenged them all week long. And then you saw it in practice. And when they started swarming in practice and running around, if you do that in practice, you'll do that in the game.
0: All right, that was Matt Nagy. Uh, Danny, what were some of your takeaways there on how he described how the differences between this week and last week, but whether it be the the defense or saying that they think Justin Fields is maybe further along than they thought? What were some of you? What were some that, of your reactions there,
2: John? That was the first thing I'm like, I'm like, you've been telling me for weeks now that that you feel Andy Dalton gives you the best chance to win now, but now all of a sudden that Dalton might be hurt. Oh, Justin Fields is m- much more, you know, way more ahead than we thought he was going to be. When your offensive coordinator Bill Lazor came out during the week, said, "Hey, we have no problem with Justin Fields in, in terms of his preparation and all that stuff. Like, he's ready to go now." So uh, that's that's Matt Nagy kind of doing some some double talk here as well. So uh, depending, it I sounds like if Dalton is okay, they'll still go with Dalton as as a starter. But this might be a chance for for Nagy to go ahead and just you know put in. Put in fields, uh using this injury as, as an excuse. Hopefully, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the other thing is with, with defense, and I and I agree, Eddie Jackson had, had a much better game today. I think he was it was better in terms of coming up and, and run coverage and on defense and being able to secure some of those tackles. Obviously, he created that, that turnover by stripping uh T Higgins of that of that ball, creating that fumble that, that Tayshawn Gibson re- picked it up. But you know, why weren't these guys swarming in practice prior to this week? Why did it take them getting embarrassed by the Rams for, for them to like, hey, you know what? Let's make some place here. You know, Eddie Jackson, you are a former Pro Bowl uh, safety. You are one of the highest paid safeties in the NFL If you know, right up there. You know, why are you – why does it take the Rams game for you to be embarrassed and publicly be, being called out by the fans and, and by, you know, some other people on the media for you to come up and be like this? You know, this that to me is a little bit concerning. He had a great game. I got to give him credit. You yeah, know, I came back and bounced back. Had a, had a pretty good game this week. But that shouldn't be – uh, you know, uh, uh, a factor in terms of him being motivated to, to play well. So those two things that that he just said kind of kind of struck me there.
0: Auto, how about you? As soon as you unmute, you can start talking, and you can not unmute. Yeah, you're still muted. <laughs> you're still. So, well, what? <laughs> there you go. Go ahead, Auto. Yeah, go ahead.
1: Technology. Well, I, agree, I agree. I agree with everything that Danny has said. You know, this is this is a coaching staff that doesn't know how to get these guys fired up. You know, I've said it since Matt Nagy has been coach in his rookie season is that sometimes they come out of, out of the tunnel really not fired up to play a a great game, a, a fired up game and you know, sometimes these cerebral coaches like the Sean Desai's and the Matt Nagy's, at least they have those titles. Sometimes they forget the human element, and that and that is that even if somebody is making ten million dollars a year, they still need a kick in the ass. They need, still need ways to you can you need to figure out ways to inspire them to go out there and play at a level that is beyond great that is Bear football. And I'm going to use that term over and over and over again throughout this season because the more and more I think about what Matt Nagy does as head coach of the Chicago Bear is that he doesn't preach Bear football. It's too much finesse. It's too much thinking. It's too much him being stubborn. It's not about innovation. It's not about firing up the players the way Butkus would come out and and be fired up. It's not about, you know, uh, uh, making big plays like we've seen – so many Bears teams over the eons make pl- make big plays when needed it's a it's this docile uh, uh lugubrious la laxodais- lethargic oh man yeah I got the type of football that people don't understand those words and don't understand that football here in Chicago it's time for that to <laughs> and play real fair football.
2: How do you spell Aldo, those? I'm gonna Google them right now. Yeah. I'm not sure
1: what that those two words
0: meant. <laughs> I'm not sure either. Aldo the walking Thesaurus Gondia joining us here, uh, but but I, I think you're right because uh, as much as we have to accept in a press conference that word soup of finding the why and you know we are, that's that's where we're at and we got to go back. We have to listen to that. The players, if you if you go into a locker room and say that BS, they're just gonna be like, what the hell is he talking about? like they like you you can feed us bs and then we kind of just have to take it the players are just like what what the hell are you talking about that doesn't fire me up that wh- what is, what is what's all what are you what are you even saying so uh, i agree that there is a a lack of and i'm sure internally he's very passionate about the game he was a player he was a quarterback there's there's plenty of clips of matt nagy you know get giving the business to people while he was a player uh but as far as translating that into coach speak uh maybe i don't know if it's carried over or not so uh, i i'm gonna present you guys the biggest question that i have seen in the chat room and i and i just want to i want to get your opinion on it and i'll start with uh, i'll start with you aldo let's say you're the head coach of the chicago bears uh andy dalton gets a clear bill of health he is completely able to come back Justin Fields obviously got some playing time today did fine got the got the win he could have an entire week of first team reps who are you starting next week against Cleveland
1: uh this guy <laughs> yeah. I mean yeah it was, it was crazy I mean you, you're constantly told you know be ready
4: you never know what may happen and uh it, it it happened you know uh of course Andy came out and then I just got thrown in so uh I think I was Pretty prepared, but um, you know, there were definitely mistakes made out there, and uh, I'm I'm just gonna go watch the film and uh, learn learn from those mistakes. So uh, yeah, yeah, I think so, I think so. Yeah, he was saying uh, for 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 uh me to go on the field. I think so, yeah. Just gotta forget about it, and he just needs to know that I'm gonna keep throwing the ball. I mean, he's one of the best receivers in the league, and that that goes for everybody. I mean, uh, every one of my, you know, tight ends, running backs, receivers, if, if they drop a ball, I'm I'm still gonna go to them, uh, just just because I have that much confidence in them, and uh, and you know, how we play because I see it every day in practice how how uh, great great those guys can be. So yeah. Yeah. That was just me trying to get the ball back. I mean, I know I got the ball, I could think knocked out from behind me or something like that. And then I just saw it on the ground. I know I got tackled and I was just trying to get to the ball. And that was definitely going to be a touchdown if um, I didn't get it. But I mean, I was just, just pure effort. I was just, just, you know, just trying to do my part and, you know, how my team went. Oh, got the first at the end. Um, it was just all man, um, you know, nobody was really open and then I saw a big kind of wide hole open and then I know of course first down wins the game and I know the left end kind of grabbed me a little bit but I just broke the tackle and tried to stay in bounds and, and got down and of course it was a big, big play in the game for sure. What's that process like
1: for
4: you I mean, yeah, so when Andy's pretty much getting the reps, um, I say the play back to flip, you know, coach coach flip, and then uh I just, just watch the play develop, of course. And then after practice we go back and we usually run through um all the plays that the offense ran during practice, and then I would just go through it by air and then we'd get a, a scout team receiver and then he just come over and uh catch catch uh the, the ball for me and stuff like that. So yeah. Um I'm just anxious to see what I messed up on and, you know, what I have to do better. Really, I think, you know, me uh, personally, I didn't play well in, in my eyes. Uh, of course, I played well enough to 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 get the win, of course. But I think there's a lot, a lot of room for me to improve. So um, I'm just going to watch the film and see what I need to get better, see what I missed, see what I, you know, could have could have done better and just just work on that. Uh, no, not really. I, I I felt like I saw everything well out there, and of course, having the uh, iPads on the sideline, you get to see kind of a preview of the play and kind of what happened. So um, I'm I'm just looking forward to seeing the film. I mean, yeah. Uh, I think it's more like when you're in the moment, making those mistakes. It's it's more how you come back. Uh, but I think when you're evaluating the film after the game, you just have to, you know, keep that in the back of your head. And uh, when those situations might pop up in, in, in games again, you just know uh, where to go with the ball and, you know, of course, what to do with the protection. Pretty much whatever you need to do to make that play successful and say whatever you messed up on in, in this game. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah, David's a dog. He's a he's he's one of the best running backs uh, I've played with for sure. And uh, just his mentality, I I I love it. I mean, just he is just that dog mentality, and nothing can break him. So just playing with him, he he gives the offense, you know, great confidence, and he's a great offensive leader for our team. And you know, he's 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 awesome for sure. Mm -hmm. No, I feel like I had more emotions last week when I was out there on the field, but um, this week I was just, you know, just just kind of calm, more 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 calm for sure. And I was just trying to do my job to the best of my ability. So, um, of course, you know, uh, being the second string quarterback, you 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 never know when that opportunity uh, might come for you to go in, and it happened today. So, um, I just tried to go out there and you know, play my best. Just hmm I mean, yeah, I'm most proud of the defense, just the way they bounced back from last week. Of course, you know, they, they got a lot of heat for uh, last week's game, and, you know, they, they bounced back, um, you know. I challenged the scout offense this past week. I was like, yo, we didn't do a good job last week uh, giving our defense a look, so I tried to, you know, uh, go, go out there this past week, and I tried to, you know, sc- scorch our defense, and um, just, just just really just just play ball with them, and I was trying to get all the uh, practice team uh, receivers together, and you know, tell them that we need to do better to get our defense better. They they've definitely done it before. Um, you know, right when I got here, I think they've I've thrown picks a lot of picks in practice. So I mean, um, of course, I'm not scared to throw picks in practice. I just, just throw it up for sure. But um, nah, I mean, it's 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 awesome seeing those guys go out there and do what they did, and they definitely helped the team win for sure. All right. That was Justin Fields after
0: he got put into the game uh, in this in the late in the first half, played the entire second uh, half. Um, I'm going to if Justin stops talking over me, I can get on to the show. Uh, Danny, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked. Aldo, uh, if you had the choice, you were the Bears coach and you had a healthy Andy Dalton and a healthy uh, Justin Fields going into the game against Cleveland next week. Who are you starting?
2: Well, John, I'm on record saying that I would have started fields from from day one, from week one. And I, I felt like he just gives them the better uh, chance to, to be successful on offense and, and gives them just more options, especially when you get into that red zone. And and a case in point today. Um, you know, what was that, that 39 where, where everything bogged down? He, he had no time to really get, get you know, look, go through his progression, just kind of tuck the ball, and with his athletic ability, got a first down, continued the drive, and pretty much then uh, helped the Bears go ahead and run the clock out and, and win the game. So, you know, if that's Dalton back there, if that's Nick Foles back there, that's probably most likely a sack or incompletion, ball kick back to the Bengals, and who knows what happens, right? Uh, but so I'm on a record. So I, I can't really, even though Dalton was playing well today in the first half. You know, so I kind of felt bad that he got hurt on a a game that he was, you know, versus former teammates, uh, his former team, and then it was playing well. But uh, I'm on record, so I'm going to stick to my gun saying, you know, for me, Justin Fields would have been my my week one starter.
0: Let's make that a – let's just make that a triple threat because I'd also start Justin Fields. I would have started him week one. Uh, Everything that you just said completely on point because when things break down – He can make things happen with his legs. Now, there are going to be rookie mistakes. Let's not act like there aren't going to be rookie mistakes. But uh, the upside and if you need a spark and you need a home run kind of play, uh, if you're asking me who's more likely to do that, Andy Dalton or Justin Fields, I'm going to say Justin Fields every time. So he can give you that spark that the offense needs. You can do a little more of that. Uh, Now, I'm sure – They didn't go into this game thinking, hey, let's run some RPO because they thought Andy Dalton was going to be the one who was going to be the starting quarterback. Maybe you, whenever you devise a plan around Justin Fields, you have some option plays, you have some read-pass options, and you can do a lot more to kind of open up this offense to maybe get the tight ends involved, to get the ball to Allen Robinson a little bit more. So we'll see uh, if Justin Fields is the starter next week because we still got to see how serious this injury is with, with Andy Dalton because even if there's a sprained mcl or there's any kind of ligament that's sprained that can knock you out for a couple weeks he was playing on adrenaline when he came back in and uh, i don't know i i just i guess he didn't go into the locker room and get shot up with toradol or anything like that so uh we'll we'll see we'll see how that progresses if that knee stiffens up uh and how it's how mobile he is moving forward so we could see uh justin fields in uh just out of necessity against the cleveland browns next week
2: the, the one thing I do I want to point it. out, though, guys, sorry to interrupt there, Although The okay. one thing I want to point out is, is with Fields, once he makes a mistake, typically when he's coached up, he doesn't make it again. So we saw a, a point in the game here today. Remember that Buffalo game where that he, he didn't get that blitzer coming off the edge and he got his head almost taken off? Well, there was a play today where he identified pre-snap. He pointed out to the guy that was going to blitz off the edge. The guy was lined up as a, as a corner, a slot corner, and uh, he called him out pre-snap. Uh, Fetty was called for a false start. But that corner came off the edge. And so he he identified pre-snap. So that's something that he's learned, guys. From the preseason to the regular season is helping pre-snap identify guys that are disguising themselves as as coverage guys, but actually gonna be the extra defender coming in. So that's something that I, I saw them, him right there develop and, and get better at as well. Now, is he gonna have rookie mistakes? Sure. That 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 interception he threw, that that was a zero coverage uh, look by the by the um by the Bengals. And then all of a sudden that linebacker just dropped back into his passing window and made a a
1: pretty good play on the ball. Yeah. And I just wanted to add that uh, the Browns today gave up 21 points to the Texans and and Tyrod Taylor. One of those was a rushing touchdown. And we know that Taylor is kind of a a poor man's Justin Fields, in my opinion, anyway. Uh, One of those was a rushing touchdown to Taylor and two of those touchdowns were passing touchdowns for Taylor. So To me, that means that perhaps Justin Fields can match up really well against this Browns defense. And all he needs is that week of practice like you guys have been talking about. Plus, also, I think it would be uh, advantageous for Nagy not to announce who's going to be the starter, tell the team who's going to start, or at least tell the quarterbacks. Uh, in the offensive room, who's going to start and say we're going to make sure that Andy is 100% healthy so we're going to sit him this week but we don't want the opposition to know that Justin Fields is going to start the game. That way they spend a couple of hours a day preparing for Andy Dalton and looking at that film and wasting their time doing that. So I feel that it should be Justin Fields, don't announce it immediately, as some people in the media already are on Twitter demanding that Nagy should have at this press conference today said that Justin Fields is going to start next week. No, no, no. You, you. It's a small, it's a tiny, minute, uh, a competitive advantage to not announce that and take advantage of that because you are playing at the dog pound in Cleveland, and so you need every every opportunity you can get to to well, get that so- edge.
2: Plus, Justin Fields is going back to Ohio. He's going to have some Ohio State fans in the crowd. He, he might get yeah, a little more pumped, a little more juice for that game. He might get a nice ovation. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely, I like I said, week one, he would have been my starter.
0: Also in that, uh, Texans Browns game, I believe Tyrod Taylor got hurt and even Davis mills, their third round rookie got a touchdown pass in that game. So, um, there could be some opportunities, uh, for, for some, uh, rushing touchdowns from the quarterback, uh, moving, uh, moving into next week. I do want to bring up something that Robert brought up in the chat, talking about that Jamar chase touchdown, uh, and what happened in the breakdown and coverage. Uh, he says that Eddie Jackson was late to come over and offer support. I believe we actually have this clip, uh, teed up, uh, Danny, can you kind of talk uh, talk us through what happened here? Yeah,
2: great point here by by Robert here because I, I agree totally here with them. Uh, Vildor. Uh, as first of all, Chase beats Vildor uh, at the snap, right? Uh, at the line of scrimmage, does a great move to go ahead and get an inside leverage. But I think, like Vildor, then, you know, he kind of let, lets him go because he feels like he's got over the top safety help. And it just seems like Jackson was kind of keying on the quarterback in the pocket, was a tad bit late to come over and give him, give Vildor some help there, whether he just thought Vildor had him, you know, for a longer period of time. But to uh, see if, if Jackson's a little bit, you know, quicker in terms of recognizing what's going on here at the line of scrimmage, he comes over. He could have a chance to either make a play on the football, intercept it, or at least make a tackle and and save a touchdown. So I do agree. I think Jackson there was a tad bit late in recognizing what was going on and then coming over and offering that that, that uh, second level support there.
0: Also put a hell of a block on Bildor after Jamar Chase <laughs> caught the ball there. I don't know.
1: <laughs> well, and it's, it's funny that you know we've all been preaching that Eddie Jackson is a ball hawk safety, ball hawk safety, ball hawk safety. Well, what happens in week one against Against the Rams, he allows a touchdown to happen because he he gets sucked in to uh, a move uh, by the receiver who caught the first touchdown. And then here, again, we're seeing him play that center field role and not delivering on what his strength is. Now, again, as Danny said earlier in the show, Jackson didn't have a bad game, but that was a bad play. No doubt about it.
0: Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's one of the plays that kind of got the Bengals' juices flowing a little bit. Burrow's coming off of some terrible uh, three for three and in interceptions, and then uh, you you kind of let them back into the game there. I, I don't think against a team like Cleveland, and we talked about. You know the Bears looked especially bad because they were playing the Rams, who, by the way, barely escaped with a win over the Colts today. Uh, So let's 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 also, if you're going to take that approach, you can also apply it to maybe the Bears looked a little bit better because they were playing the Bengals. I think that next week against the Browns is kind of in that midpoint. I don't think the Browns are quite at the level of the Rams, and I certainly think that they're much better than the Bengals. Uh, What for me? next week is a very good barometer of where the bears actually are. Uh, And so, and we will see that uh, especially with who the quarterback is. If Andy Dalton is the quarterback next week, I think that'll be the ultimate test because that's a hell of a defense that's going to be coming after him. So that will be the big test for Andy Dalton. And if it's Justin Fields, it's a welcome to the NFL moment because he's going to be thrown in there against a really good defense. Not that I'm against that because I was not against throwing him against the Rams in week one. I don't think you need to shield a, your quarterback and say, oh, we can't let him play against this team. You let them work through it. Let them play against. Let them play against other NFL talent. Don't wait until you think it's someone bad to throw them in there. So, uh, although it is in Cleveland, so that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the ideal situation, but I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to let that be the deciding factor in it. So, uh, next week, do you agree? And I'll I'll start with you that against Cleveland, that's a really good barometer of where this Bears team actually is. To get that Week One out of the way with the Rams tweak some things and, you know, still get a victory over the Bengals. But there were still some things that if you if you would have done that against the Browns, I don't know if you come out with a victory.
1: Yeah, it's usually by week three or four that teams start to lay down their identity for that season. And so you're absolutely right. I think this game is going to be an excellent barometer of where the Bears are as a football team. Now, based on what I have seen the first two weeks, Against the Rams, they really should have won that game. You know, they were close, as we've talked about on a couple of occasions, John. They were close late in the third quarter. They were down by six points, and then the wheels came off because of the snakes, mistakes. Today, they should have won by three touchdowns, but they didn't. They uh, won by the margin that they did. Uh, but they didn't win by three touchdowns because of mistakes. So it, it, if they go into Cleveland and I believe play an error-free game as, as much as any NFL team can, they're going to beat the Cleveland Browns, a good Cleveland Browns team that a lot of people have picked to win the AFC this week, or at least get deep into the playoffs. I'm not denying that this is going to be a tough task for this team, but if based on what I have seen these last two weeks, I do believe that they can beat this team, and they can beat the, this team being the Browns, and that they can beat them with Justin Fields in, as long as they're not penalizing themselves, as long as Eddie Jackson isn't making mistakes in the defensive backfield, as long as Taysom Gibson isn't getting taunting calls, etc., etc., etc.
0: Danny, you think that this yeah. team, the way that it's constructed now, can go into Cleveland and pull out a win?
2: Yeah, but uh, they could because for, for for me, for personally, me, I I think that the the Bengals, the, the receivers core they brought in today, and with their quarterback Joe Burrow, I th- I think talent level they're they're on par even or even better than, than the Browns. I'm not a huge uh, Baker Mayfield fan. I think Burrow's a better prospect overall than than Baker Mayfield. the the, the skill level position that that the Bengals have there at receiver is is, is probably better than overall if you think about Jamar Chase and, and the guys like Higgins and all that stuff. Better than some of these guys with you know Jarvis Landry, Odell Beckham's not playing. Uh, but they're, they're talented up front f- for sure, the, the, the Browns, that is. But the key with the Browns, and this is what's – for me, guys, it always starts up front. The offensive line, are you going to be able to help control that defensive front for the Browns? And, and, and defensively, the Browns bring a, a hell of a running game, guys, with a two-headed monster and, and Nick Chubb and, and Kareem Hunt. So the Bears are going to have to control that line of scrimmage up front. Today was a, was a nice starting point in terms of what they did you know, we talked about earlier, those, those games, those stunts up front, you know, playing some of that shell coverage, you know, are you going to be able to continue that next next week? Hopefully Eddie Goldman's back in there, back in there next week. And and that'll be a big uh, help and big presence up front for stopping that, that run, that run uh, offense of the Browns. But for me, it's all got to start up front, but yes, you bring in, you build off this defensive effort today. Okay. Continue to create some more turnovers and all that stuff. And now offensively, if Justin Fields is in there, Get creative, Matt Nagy. Utilize his strengths. Utilize the play action. Continue to pound David, David Montgomery, who to me is off to a great start this season. Um, and then let's let's continue some ball control. Let's not get fancy with it. Let's not look pretty. Let's go just go in there and, and get a win. Anytime you get a win in the NFL, I know some people are in the chat room are kind of poo-pooing the, you know, the, the win today is against the, the Bengals, the bungles, whatever they want to call them. Guys, winning in the NFL is tough. Week in and week out, you'll take a victory at whenever you can get it. So this is they're one on one now. You go in, you build off of this victory in Cleveland. If you come out there, guys, a lot of teams are a lot of people are picking the Browns as a team that could contend for for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. So you know if you go in there in Cleveland and beat them, you know they might not be cl- clicking on all cylinders right now, early on in the season. So this might be a prime opportunity to go in there and, and get a victory from a quality football team. So uh, yeah, but everything for me starts up front with the Bears.
0: Danny, I w- I wanted to ask you. David Montgomery obviously has been playing pretty well the last two weeks, especially week one. But he earned every yard he got today Uh, with the if Justin Fields becomes the quarterback, could we see an even bigger emergence of David Montgomery? Because then then uh, opposing defenses have to respect the fact that the quarterback could run as well. Exactly.
2: That, that RPO option is going to give just that, that little bit more, you know, slight tick of, of, of time there for that. That's going to hold the linebackers It's going to hold some of those secondary guys. And that also, if there's a crease, if there's a hole, you give the ball to, to, uh, to Montgomery, he slipped up in there and now he's into the second and third level. And we see how he can his his contact balance, his contact power, his ability to I mean, that that move. And I, I know it didn't count as a penalty, but that that. Uh, that jive move he did on, on uh Pratt in the open field. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think he's still looking for his jock strap. And that, that was a tr- terrific, <laughs> terrific play there. Uh, but he's got that type of shiftiness ability. Uh, and I think this guy is is just gonna continue to get better and better and better. He I mean he's running like a man possessed this year. Uh, just strong breaking tackles, you know, wiggling away from 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 big def- strong defenders and getting those extra yard or two yards. Uh, it's it's huge. So yeah, you put a guy like Justin Fields in there. Now you run some of those RPO plays, and Fields either keeps it. And Now that now it's like a split second that that linebacker is going to hold us ground because in case if Fields has it or does does Montgomery have it, um, and that just it's going to give more opportunities for Montgomery to get better and better and more yards.
0: One thing I did notice is that da- Damian Williams carries went from six to two this week, and I hope that that continues to stay right around there. I, I don't know. I don't know if uh, upon signing him, Matt Nagy promised Damian Williams that he'd get six carries the first game, like he promised Andy Dalton he'd get to start. Uh, but le- let's hope that David Montgomery remains. That workhorse back because I think he's fully capable of taking that 2025 20, carry oh, the game yeah. uh, workload. Th- this is what this is what he's been training for. You see, like you said, Danny, his contact balance is absurd. The guy will twist and turn and still be on his feet. It's just, mm-hmm. it's almost uh, it, def- it defies physics sometimes so I hope that uh David Montgomery continues to be the workhorse and they don't need they don't feel the need to do a shovel pass to Damian Williams or the end around or let's just throw him in for the sake of throwing him in kind of thing that we've seen sometimes i to, to stay with that theme uh sometimes there's no rhythm to the offense because they just randomly insert people for no mm-hmm. reason and just like, let's say oh you know what we haven't done for a while we haven't done a jet sweep to Damian Williams we should probably try that so it's just like I I, I, I like you said Let's try, to get, let's try to get some rhythm on there. Aldo, were you about the, to say
2: something? I just oh. hope the, the uh, Damian Williams jet, jet sweep has not replaced the Cordero Patterson jet sweep from last year.
0: <laughs> not right. quite the same, but the same, same results, though.
1: No, you guys are making great points uh, on every topic that we've discussed, and I want to make sure that we get uh, enough time here to talk about – the play of two defenders and, and there's more guys that we, we should devote time to. But first of all, Roquan Smith, I thought had a sensational game today. And here's uh, his touchdown uh, interception and touchdown.
2: Yeah. That does yeah. a great job of, of, of just sucking in. And for me, he, he kind of baited Joe Burrow into that throw. Uh, we see him here on the end zone angle. If they show it here in replay, uh, he's kind of just drifting, 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 and then just go ahead and jumps that pass takes it off the athletic play to go ahead and, and make a guy miss in the open field. And then just, you know, turns on the uh, the speed there down the sidelines and, and goes for a pick six. So uh, again, this guy, as long as he's healthy, this guy's got got pro bowls in his future. And and I think this guy's a, the next bear defender to be to be an all pro uh, potentially, but yeah, I mean, he had a great game. And I think hopefully the other guy you're going to talk about later on, Aldo will be Jalen Johnson, because I think he's developing into a number one corner right before our eyes.
1: That's exactly the guy uh, that I wanted you guys to talk about because I was just so impressed with his game today. I mean, it was so sticky. It was so aggressive. It was so smart. I mean, we have now a true bona fide, it appears, earlier to say, so I hope this is not hyperbole, but it, it appears that we have a truly true bona fide number one corner and that other teams are going to pick on the opposite corner. They're going to pick on Kilder, and they're going to pick on the slot. But every once in a while, when they want to take a chance against Jalen Johnson, they're going to pay the price.
0: Yeah, uh, and I was gonna say if if Kyle Fuller was still around, you might have seen uh, Jalen Johnson kind of edge out that number one cornerback spot, and maybe Kyle Fuller takes that number two spot, uh, oh. which I still, which I wouldn't have minded, by the way, given the current situation. But Vildor's doing fine. Uh, but uh, but looking at it, you got you got a stud. He what is he twenty two? Mm -hmm. So uh, he's he's got a little bit of a career ahead of him, and this could be a guy that is part of whatever the new era of Bears football is going to be. Whenever you know Trevathan's gone, and uh, 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 assumingly the Akeem Hicks is going to be gone at some point with the next couple years, if not this year, uh, whenever they usher in that new era, without Robert Quinn, possibly without Khalil Mack, that's going to be the guy that they build around. He's going to be one of them, and so uh, I think that he he showed his aggressiveness, he showed his skill, and I mean on that on that interception. It was just he just caught it at one of the most awkward angles. I don't know of anybody who catch a football like that, but it was it was a really, really impressive play.
1: There it yeah, is. the thing uh, for me is the thing I'm, for me is I'm sorry, sorry, Danny, I just uh queuing you up for this replay, Jalen Johnson's interception.
2: Yeah, that, the thing I was just gonna touch on for me is his instincts. The way he, he can he can just drop back and kind of kind of know where he's at in terms of his coverage. You know has a feel for where his receiver's at uh, and this play here, does a, he's he's playing trail technique here, and he's he's looking at at the corner at that quarterback all the way in the pocket, and just again just baits him into that into that throw, and those then just uses his athletic ability to go ahead and jump that route and make the interception. Though the one thing with him is obviously staying healthy. You know, we we've kind of documented some of those shoulder injuries going back to his college days, and he had another one last year as well. But but he's a physical corner. He's a guy that can stay in phase downfield with with a cornerback. He's not there in terms of being done yet and accomplished yet but he's he's on his he's on his way guys he's developing into that number one type corner right before our eyes like i said earlier and uh you know and then another thing is he's had some interception opportunities where he's dropped the football today john you made a great point he does a great job of kind of you know um body control and contouring his body to come come up with that that ball and you know stretching out away from his from his uh, frame to you know reel in that catch but uh this guy continues to get better and soon enough although you're right we're gonna see a lot more attention going towards the opposite side of the field as opposed to Jalen Johnson because you know teams are gonna start noting this guy's able to take away their number one receivers. Um, and again, not there yet. There's still some some play some some improvement they left to, to for him to get better, be considered a complete shutdown corner. But guys, he's growing in front of our eyes, and this guys becoming a playmaker.
1: Yeah. I love it. By the way, Robert says that Johnson was face guarding. There actually is no face guarding penalty in the NFL. And a lot of times when you see that flag being thrown, when somebody is face guarding, it's it's usually or it should be because there was contact being made. But you can, you know, uh, face the, the defender and kind of block their view from the ball. That's not a penalty in the NFL. It in college football. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys.
2: Right, as long as there's no contact, you you can go ahead and get in front of there and, and make a play on the football. That, that football is is equally the defenders as it is the offensive guy as well. As long as again, like you said, no contact. And there was a the the broadcast team was, was saying that that was a play on Vilder earlier, where they they're claiming that there was a pass interference. To me, that was I was within five yards. So within five yards, you, you can you can go ahead and, and, and contact the the receiver unless that's been changed within you know recent years, and I haven't missed it. But you know that's within five yards. He, he had some contact with the with the receiver, but at no way was he grabbing or tucking on his on his shoulder pads or his jersey to go ahead and impede the receiver from making a play. Again, the, the defender has equal opportunity to make a play in that football as does of the offensive player.
0: Yeah, I will say, however, if you are face guarding somebody, you are much more susceptible to getting a flag thrown on you if there's any contact whatsoever. Uh, I, if, if you turn your head towards the ball, uh, sometimes they will let you get away with a little more contact because you were playing the ball and you were trying to come down with it, as opposed to if you're just face guarding it and you jump up and you make contact with your chest or hands or what have you, uh, I think the ref would be much more inclined to throw the flag on that. But if you're able to do it, without making contact that I think that, or that is, uh, that's completely, uh, completely legal. Also, I do believe to, to talk about, as you were talking about the uh, broadcasting, this is a side note, Danny, but they kept talking about like, it was Joe, Joe Burrow was a rookie and it was his first ever away game. And I just thought, I was like, that was just well, kind yeah. of odd. I didn't understand that. I'm like, the only, I, the
2: only thing I think that they were saying, they were trying to say, which didn't come out, didn't come across clearly to me was his first Away game with fans in the stands, right? Because obviously, yeah. last year there was no fans in the stands. So, and the last time he had actually fans in the stands, uh, in, a, in, a, in an opposing uh team's stadium was, was in college. So, I think mm-hmm. that's what they were trying to say. They didn't come, come over as clear because I'm like, wait, this is not his first road game. What are you guys talking about? But his first road game with people in the stands is what I some ice yeah, diet, I'm not
0: sure. I yeah, and that's and that's what they meant. But it's just like they kept talking about, it, and I even think the I think the 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 term rookie quarterback did come out once. And it's just like, are we just all just trying to forget that 2020 happened? Are we right. just all trying to pretend like, eh, nothing happened that year? No, <laughs> no, nope, nope. nope, not even an NFL season. Joe Burrow didn't even play. <laughs> he took he took a year off, and this is his rookie season. But <laughs> but and,
1: uh, and, uh, Sanchez was wearing white pants again, which he should know. You don't come to Chicago, especially after Labor Day, and wear white pants. It's just unacceptable.
0: <laughs> hey, whatever whatever you got to do. I mean, <laughs> Mark Sanchez, Chicago Bear legend, remind you. The, right? <laughs> That's
1: right. He was uh, Trubisky's tutor in his first and uh, Trubisky's. And, first and we saw that how well that went. <laughs>
0: yeah. <right>. And yeah, Mr. <laughs> Butt fumble himself. Uh, well, uh, b- before we start to to wrap some of this stuff up guys, is there any, any parting shots you want to take as far as what you saw, what you're hoping to see, uh, and, and overall where the bears are at after two weeks, Danny, I- I'll start with you. And once again, I appreciate you jumping on short notice to uh pinch Anytime. hit. For Tyler my, my
2: pleasure, man. My pleasure. Uh, yeah. I mean, for me, again, a win is a win. It wasn't as pretty as we thought it was going to be halfway through that third quarter um but eventually you know, they held on and, and they went ahead and got the victory but for me it was just the improvement the overall play in the defense there were some some breakdowns again we touched on on the eddie jackson getting over late uh on the top there with that touch on the to chase but um overall i like the subtle little changes I, I i like the the dhc being put in there instead of instead of uh marquis christian i like Angela Blackson getting more snaps up front, a defensive line. I like the 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 stunts and the loops. I like the the blitzing of, of roquan Smith. So, uh you know, bringing that that front seven, using that front seven to create that pressure up front, and then using that shell coverage to go ahead and kind of limit the big plays that the opposing offense can give you. So, uh, I, I do like that. Let, let's go ahead and build off of that. Obviously, the you know the four sacks, the nine quarterback hits, the three turnovers. You know, more of that, please. That's what that's the type of defense we saw in 2018. That's what helped propel this this team to a, to a division title back then. And I think, you know, if you bring in a Justin Fields now quarterback, now you get a little more creative on offense. Uh, you continue running David Montgomery, and now you saw you utilizing some of your outside weapons, the A-Robs and even Jimmy Graham, if you will, in the red zone. So just continue to build off this victory and get better. There are a lot of teaching points here. On this tape here, that it wasn't a perfect game by any stretch of the imagination. We're not trying to say that Bears are on their way to a division title here, but it's it's a good win. It's a win that you needed. It's a must win either for me, at least. If you go 0 and 2 going into Cleveland next week, I think that that will, you are up against it in terms of the you know the making the playoffs this year. So 1-1, uh, build off this victory. The one other thing is is Robert Quinn, guys. This is two years in a row, two weeks in a row that we've seen him produce uh we saw him you know uh you know hopefully he's healthy now hopefully he's he's over that 2020 the the season that we all want to kind of want to forget right um and now he's we can see the robert quinn that we were you know the bears were anticipating they were getting when they signed him away from from the cowboys so uh two weeks in a row robert quinn has has dented the statue and he has popped on my tape at least so um let's continue to, to build off of that and let's continue to create some pressure and keep making those turnovers
0: and, and and while we're while you're on the subject, you're talking about tape. Go ahead and plug Bear, uh, the Bear Truth uh, because I want we want to know all about that show and what you might be breaking down this week.
2: Yep, Aldo and I will be on uh, this Thursday night at eight p.m. Central. Uh, I'm going to go over this game. I'm going to start breaking down some plays. I already got some plays I want to I want to uh, key down here. I know Jalen Johnson is going to be some guy that I'm going to highlight. Quinn and Mac and some of those those uh, those uh, stunts and loops up front. Uh, something I really liked and I saw what Sean Decided did here this week that I'm going to go ahead and break down. But I, we basically pick out some plays here, some key plays, and we go we break down the tape and we show you guys what we're seeing, what what the Bears are doing in terms of improving scheme wise player wise development wise uh, all that stuff so uh, so far we've had you know two great weeks uh, in terms of the uh, the first two shows so i enjoy doing it enjoy breaking down the tape and enjoy having a conversation back and forth with aldo and with, with the people in our chat room yeah it's
1: fun i gotta say you know this was a huge huge win for the chicago bears i think they had lost like four out of their last five home games maybe five out of last six it wasn't a pretty end last season uh or, or starting with that six-game losing streak in midseason. It wasn't pretty, and uh, so they weren't defending home field. And Matt Nagy said uh, at his press conference late in the week, we've got to defend Soldier Field, and they did that. Now, I wish they would have done it for all four quarters, uh, and so that's part of the problem. The other thing I will add is that the Bears are not who we thought they were, and that is – who, who who knows what they are, you know? There's so, many, there's so many identity questions with this team, and it begins at the quarterback position. So that's why it's important to just put all your chips in to one quarterback, and that quarterback, I think we all agree, and 99% of the people in the chat room agree that it should be Justin Fields. And while there's going to be the growing pains, there's going to be the offsides penalty, there's going to be a failure to uh, pick up a blitz from time to time, but you did see him at one point – Point out the guy that was blitzing, and unfortunately, uh, the the cadence count. Uh, he he probably made a mistake with the cadence count, and that cost the Bears an offsides penalty. But. It, you got to just make that decision and start arriving at who you are as a football team. And then on the defense, the identity is clear. You need a pass rush to allow people to make turnovers. If, you, if you're going to preach turnovers, it, it, it's a simple for, formula. You got to get to the quarterback as quickly as possible, disrupt the throw, harass him. At one point, Joe Burrow looked really flustered, mm-hmm. and that was a key moment in the game. Now, credit to that young man. He came back and 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 fought that flusterness and, and came back to make this a game. But the Chicago Bears have to find their identity on offense and have to consistently uh, Perform their identity on defense, and if they do that, then we should we should be a playoff team. If we don't do that, then we're going to be bitching and moaning about the coaching staff and general manager all season long.
0: And I have a feeling we're going to be bitching and moaning about the coaching staff all year long, anyway, regardless of what happens. And I know you probably, and I know I will, uh, amongst many others. However. Uh, what I saw from this game was some flashes of what this team could be uh, and looking at some of the potential that some of these players have. So uh, I get very emotional with the Chicago Bears. I think any, everyone would know that, whether it's coming off of a loss or on my shows. I get very into it, and when they play poorly, I get angry. So I think what's so frustrating about this team sometimes is you never know what you are going to get. You don't know what you're going to get game from game. You don't know what you're going to get quarter after quarter sometimes. So and, and we've seen that where a team that can have three straight interceptions can still be on the brink of almost losing the game. So uh, you I think that's what's most frustrating to some of these fans, and uh, I think a lot of fans is saying, you have that. Yet yeah, you, you're able to do all this. Yet you still shoot yourself in the foot sometimes. Or we've seen you play well on the defensive side of the ball. Yet you just completely fall apart on other on other times. Or you establish the running game and then you completely abandon it sometimes. So I think what you're seeing as far as the uh, a fan's emotional roller coaster, it basically coincides with what the bears are an unpredictable team that you never know what you're going to get. Sometimes they impress you against a team they shouldn't. And sometimes they fall apart against teams that they should beat. And, and so I I think that moving forward, this is going to be a very volatile season because especially if Justin Fields is now the starting quarter quarterback, because there are going to be rookie mistakes. There are going to be ups and downs to this team in 2021. They can be a playoff team, but they can also be a team that misses the playoffs by four or five games. And so to, to your point and to what I just saw Bruce Ali and Walter Jordan uh, put out there, there's always an identity crisis with this team. Are they, last year, we thought the front seven was going to have to carry them. And it turns out the secondary was playing better. Or was this going to have to be a running team? And all of a sudden, the, the Nick Foles and Trubisky were throwing it 40, 50 times. So there, there are a hard there is—it really is hard to get a peg on this team because you don't know what the hell they're, they're supposed to be. You don't know if they're supposed to be a smash you in the mouth, run the ball, play defense team, or are they supposed to be Mr. Finesse, just try to get big takeaways and throw the ball sixty times team? It's just really hard to get a handle on this team, and I think that's why it's so frustrating. But anytime they can come out with the victory, it's a good thing. All of us are rooting for them to win. Not one of us are hoping that they lose. I, I, regardless, regardless of whether you're, you know, thinking you're playing. Chess with all this. Well, if they lose as many games, Nagy will be gone quicker. I can't think that way. It's hard for me to think that way. I want the Bears to win, regardless of Andy Dalton at quarterback, Justin Field a quarterback, Matt Nagy as the head coach. Matt Nagy, not as head coach. I, I, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around the playing this mental gymnastics or route for the Bears to lose. I can't do it. So anytime they win, I'm happy. I just know that they're going to frustrate me. At, at quarter to quarter after every year, but with that, with <laughs> play that, to with play, that yeah. <laughs> play to play. Absolutely. So with that being said, I want to, I want to make sure that everyone's aware of all the programming we got coming up on the Barroom network this week on Tuesday, we'll have another edition of the bear debate myself and Tyler Ellis, who will be back on the network. will uh, we'll be breaking down, some of the biggest uh, questions surrounding this Bears team, and there are plenty, so the, 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 it's easy to produce these shows now, uh, where he and I go back and forth. We each have 30 seconds to get our point in. It sometimes gets combative. It's always loud. It's always entertaining, so make sure you tune in for the Bear Debate. We we uh, we shoot that on Tuesday nights, but you usually can get that Wednesday morning and uh, late late to mid morning of the video and audio uh, download of that. Uh, also, phone 55 coming back on Wednesday. Aldo, so go ahead and interject there.
1: I, I was just going to say the audio version of that show usually comes out on Tuesday night and then the video mm. was the version Wednesday morning.
0: Oh, you so see, you can get a, you can listen to it right away on Tuesday night, and then the video version. We save the good part for you uh, for the for the next uh, for the next day, and then before I'm 55, we're always live on Wednesday night. Alyssa Barbieri and I interview somebody close to the Bears op- opponent. Uh, this week, we'll be interviewing somebody close with the, uh, the Chicago, the uh, Cleveland Browns, and uh, break down that matchup. See what the Bears' chances are, and then of course the 5:55 segment where I have five questions I got to answer in 55 seconds, and then Buffon's basement where we dust off Aldo Gondia and we have another roundtable conversation. A lot of good programming coming up every week. And, of course, Danny Shiman's show on Thursday, breaking down the tape, the cerebral approach to the Chicago Bears. I'm just the loud approach to the Chicago Bears. (laughs) It's the yin and the yang, but it's all good stuff. So we appreciate everyone tuning in to this show and all of our shows. And, Aldo, you have one more thing to say.
1: Greg Gabriel, tomorrow, (laughs) after Matt Nagy's press conference tomorrow – Greg Gabriel, the former scouting director of the Chicago Bears for nine years, worked at Hallis Hall, worked at Hallis Hall for 10 years, actually. And he is he and I are going to talk about this game. And I got a feeling Greg is feeling really good about this football team. I think he's even after the Rams game, he said, you know, I expected them to play the way they did. But I have. uh Big expectations for them the rest of the season. So it's going to be interesting to see how he evaluates this game and what insight uh, his uh, veteran eyes will have on this game. By the way, if you don't know, he was Danny Shemin's teacher. And so that's why we have some of the best analysts in the business and the podcast world.
0: <laughs> oh, legacy, legacy. Also, make sure you listen to Mike North on, uh, on the Mike North Advantage. Is that on Thursday morning, correct, Aldo? I, I always love to hear Mike's take on on the Bears and have him uh, uh, animated, animated fellow, that Mike North. So. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Always, always good programming here on the Barroom Network. So once again, if it's your first time listening or your 50th time listening, we appreciate you. A lot of programming coming your way. But that will do it for this edition of Bear Football. We appreciate you tuning in. For Danny Shimmon and Aldo Gondia. I'm John Buffon. We'll see you next time.
1: Bye-bye.